Amen. Take your Bibles and turn to First Corinthians or Second Corinthians with me. Second Corinthians. Chapter nine. I'm going to talk to you today about unboxing the gospel. Unboxing the gospel. We're going to look at several verses. I'm going to put uh, we'll put several on the screen for you today. But I, I ask you to open your Bibles here. This is a bit of the theme verse or the jumping off point or understanding today of, of the gospel. And before we read the verse, understand that the gospel uh, is a gift. We're going to see that in a moment. Uh, most of you understand the matter of, of gifts and giving. I will, in just a couple of weeks, or not quite a couple of weeks, I'll get to, uh, I guess two weeks, I'll get to be with my mother. Uh, on her 70th birthday and you know we we know what it is to receive a gift on a birthday and uh, if you're lazy like I am sometimes you throw it in a bag amen you ever been there uh, sometimes you you know sometimes it's a Walmart bag there you go uh, but sometimes you know people that are a little more uh, thoughtful and planning than Pastor Rice you know they may wrap it up and make it a fancy gift I want us to talk about that gift. I want us to unbox that gift together today, the gospel. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray together as we begin. Lord, thank you. And Lord, just as that verse says, we want to start this morning by thanking you for that unspeakable gift. How wonderful, how precious. And Lord, as we attempt to unbox it a bit today, Lord, I pray if there be one here that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray today that they might see, maybe for the very first time, what that gift is. Lord, maybe they've seen it many times, but they've never received it for themselves. Lord, I pray that would be the case. Lord, I pray for believers here this morning. Lord, I pray that we would glory in the cross today. Lord, that we will be excited, Lord, to hear yet again about the blessed gift as we unpack the gospel and unbox the gospel a bit this morning. God, would you use your word mightily today in your precious name we pray, amen. The Bible says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. As you'll see, as I already have on the screen there for you, Romans six twenty three, the gift of God. The gift of God is eternal life. That's a pretty good gift. That's a wonderful gift. The Bible tells us in the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 17, every good gift, every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. As we think about the gospel, I want us to understand that it is a gift. And I want us to see a couple things special about it this morning. Before we do, though, I want to share a couple of the verses with you in John. The Gospel of John in chapter 4, it tells us in verse 10, If you knew, if you knew the gift of God, and who it was that saith unto thee, Give me to drink. Of course, this is Jesus. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. 
And he said to her, if you only knew. If you only knew who I was. If you only knew what the gift of God was. And this morning, can I tell you, if you only knew. If you only knew who Jesus was. If you only knew what the gift of God is. It's transformative. It's powerful. It's an amazing thing. I, I mentioned this morning I fly in next, a uh, little over a week from now, to an airport in Charleston, West Virginia called the Chuck Yeager Airport. 20, 23 years ago, I guess. Are you 22? Man, you're getting old. You're looking kind of old. Uh, 23 years ago, I believe it was, maybe 24. My wife and I, uh, just the two of us, we didn't have kids then. Uh, life was easy, uncomplicated. And just the two of us got in our vehicle, and we drove up to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And we drove to Oshkosh to meet with a missionary couple, Brother Mark Robertson. Uh, Brother Mark Robertson is the founding pastor of Central Arctic Baptist Church. Uh, in Northwest Territories, and and Yellowknife. And praise the Lord, that church is still thriving, growing work there. But Brother Robertson was the founding pastor, and uh, he was praying about and looking for someone to come and watch over the work there as he took a furlough, and that long furlough, uh, he never did actually come back to uh, Central Arctic. God would call someone else there. But my wife and I drove up to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and uh, we met Brother Robertson. By the way, uh, one of Brother Robertson's daughters is uh, Jason Buchert's wife in Calgary. And uh, Aaron, Miss Aaron, is uh, one of uh, Brother Mark's daughters. But we met uh, Brother Mark and his wife and a few of their younger, younger children. And we spent the day with them at uh, the airfield in Oshkosh. There was an air show that day. And Brother Mark is a pilot, and we went to the air show. There was a conference that week there in Wisconsin. I can't remember the name of the church there, but it's the church that houses uh, the Wings as Eagles ministry. And they had a conference that week. We were just there for the day, and we went to the air show, and we were there. And there was times that you were watching things and people flying and doing things. And there was also times during the air show where we could go around and look and see things. And my wife and I were walking around. Now, she probably could care less where we were going, but I wanted to go see the old warbirds. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I know Sean does. Uh, looking at the old planes, the old war planes from years ago. And we, I was walking, looking at those, and as we were walking in the, the field where they were all parked, I guess parked is the right word. That's probably not the right word, but where they were. And... As we were doing so, I looked and we watched as one of those old planes, a B-52 bomber, was someone was flying, not bombing, praise the Lord, uh, but that B-52 bomber came in and in that grassy field and landed, bouncing landing, and uh, the pilot took it in and parked it, and I know that's not the right word, but uh, stopped it, and I watched as the pilot got up out of the B-52, and he began to climb down, and as he began to climb down, he took his helmet off. 
And I was close enough when he took that helmet off, I knew who he was. It was Chuck Yeager. I grew up in West Virginia. I grew up, Chuck Yeager was one of my heroes. Chuck Yeager was the first man to break the sound barrier in an airplane. Uh, Chuck Yeager is a native, uh, native West Virginian. He was a uh, national icon. Of course, in the state of West Virginia, everybody knew who Chuck Yeager was. And I saw, that's Chuck Yeager. And I was like a little five-year-old kid, Brother Maude. I went over there, and I got to say hello and shake hands with Chuck Yeager. I got to shake hands with Chuck Yeager after he got out of an airplane. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I thought, man, wow. Now, I'm sure there was a lot of people there that day that saw the same plane land. They saw somebody get out of an airplane. They saw somebody take a helmet off. And they had no idea who it was. There were probably people there. If I would have said, man, I met Chuck Yeager. Who? I'd have punched him in the mouth, brother of mine disrespect Chuck Yeager they wouldn't know who he was that wouldn't have meant anything to them Jesus said to the woman at the well if you knew who I was if you understood the gift now praise the Lord Jesus did unpack and unbox the gospel for her how wonderful that is the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves? It is the gift of God, not of works. It's a gift. It's not something that I go to the store and say, okay, I want to buy that. Here, you can have it. We're talking about the gift of God. In Romans chapter 8 this morning as well, the Bible tells us, He that spared not his own son, Shall he not freely give us all things? Dear friend, can I tell you this morning, God is not a stingy God. God does not keep back the good stuff. Pick on Rebecca for a minute. When she was little, if she had some kind of food that she liked, if she wanted you to taste it, or if you asked, can I have some? Rebecca would cut the smallest piece that is possible she would almost have nuclear uh, fission happen I mean she would split the atoms uh, here you can have this because she was a greedy little girl uh, she just here you can have a little dot that's all you can have the rest is for me why do we think that God is like that why would we think that God would Keep the good stuff. The Bible says he freely gives us all things. A verse that probably every person in this room, whether, whether you normally attend this church, whether you ever go to church, whether you have much familiarity with the Bible or not, probably most people in this room and probably many people in our city would know the verse John 3.16. They would at least know the reference. Many of them would know the verse or know a little bit about it. John 3.16, the Bible tells us, For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him. Understand, as we think about that gift, he gave his only begotten Son. Now, we'll, we'll focus on the rest of that verse a bit later. 
But I want you to see this morning that the gospel is a gift. It is a gift. It is a powerful gift. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. We see that in Romans or John chapter 3, verse 16. He not only gave us his son, but he gave us scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and verse 17 shows us that. He gave us his spirit. Praise God for that in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 12. He gave us salvation. It is the gift of God. We read a moment ago uh, in the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. He gave us spiritual gifts. God is a giving God. He is a giving God. He, he gives us spiritual victory. By the way, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57. You and I as believers can have spiritual victory. This is amazing to me. I want to share this thought as I was preparing the title for the message. As I thought of unboxing the gospel, can I tell you what came to mind when I thought of the word unboxing? You know, there are people who will spend time, like hours of their life, watching videos on YouTube called unboxing videos. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The rest of you are very happy people. I, I was searching for an item and trying to learn something about something this week, and I, I went to YouTube, the repository of all things. And I was searching for a video about this product, and video popped. Oh, watch this. And it was this person talking about the product, and they were going to open it, and I'm like, come on. I, I went back, oh, that's not what I want. I have another video. I found another video. And I clicked, oh, this is a video about it. I had to go through four videos, unboxing videos. The fifth video, finally, oh, now they're finally going to talk about it. I want to learn about this. I don't want to watch somebody open a stupid box. I don't understand that. Well, what's crazy is there are people that are monetizing that. There are people that literally are making a living because you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, when you can't sleep, you're on your phone in your bed watching somebody open a box. I'm not judging this morning. Well, maybe a little bit. But people that, oh, i got to watch them open that, that box of that thing that I want to get. I, I want to pretend it's me. I want to open that. I want to have that. But as we think about that, I want us to unbox the gospel a bit today, and I want to give three just simple thoughts. Number one, number one, God wrapped up his gift in Old Testament mystery. God boxed or wrapped up the gift. And by the way, we talked about the gospel. It is the gift of God. As we look in the Old Testament, we see the gospel. We see the message of the gospel wrapped up in Old Testament mystery. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible tells us, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up 
into glory. Now, that phrase there in that verse, the verse we look at there, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, there is a mystery. There is something that is unknown, something you're not sure about, something that you're like, ah, I'm not really positive. I, I, I'm a little unsure of what that really is. When I was in college, sometimes the college would have what we called mystery meat for lunch. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It'd be this patty of ubiquitous meat product. You would have no idea of its origin or even of its species. Sometimes you would wonder if even if it was from the animal kingdom. And we would look at this mystery patty of meat and go, oh, yeah, I guess today is mystery meat. And you take a bite and go, what do you think that is? I don't know, maybe unicorn? I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe it's cats. It's hard to tell what it is. It's, it's a mystery. We never did figure out what it was. Now, the Old Testament has the gospel wrapped up or boxed in mystery. Now, what do I mean by that? What's the Bible speak of? It speaks about it often in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 3, 3, verse 15, we see the phrase, seed of a woman. The mystery of the proto-evangel, the first mention of the gospel, as we speak about that seed, and can I tell you that seed was Jesus Christ. That seed that was spoken of after Adam and Eve's sin was the promise of the Son. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, God spoke to Abraham. God made a covenant with him. You know, we, we make an agreement. If uh, Brother Dominic and I make an agreement, we may shake hands. We'll make that agreement. When God made an agreement with Abraham, it was a little more involved than that. He... he took animals and killed them and cut them in half and put one half of the animal on this side, the other half of the animal on this side. And that covenant was a contract, basically, as God made Abraham a promise and he walked between the mist of the cleaved animal and basically the, the, the philosophy of that covenant was the person making the promise was saying, if I break this promise, may I be cut in half like this animal. It was a powerful promise. And in that promise, that covenant God made with Abraham, God would say these words, in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. Can I tell you that God was wrapping and boxing and mystery, the gospel. How was it that through Abraham all nations of the world be blessed? Because through the seed of Abraham, through the line of Abraham would come of the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, God with us, Emmanuel. God would come to be the Savior. That was the wrapping in the mystery of the Old Testament. Genesis 49, we see the word Shiloh come, speaking of Jesus. Numbers chapter 24, verse 7, we speak, it speaks of the scepter. 
another picture of Christ. Numbers 24 speaks of the star out of Jacob. Praise God for that picture of mystery in the Old Testament, wrapping up, boxing up the gospel. Deuteronomy 18 speaks of the prophet. Isaiah 7, 14, a virgin shall conceive. And it goes on to say his name shall be called Emmanuel. That mystery, wrapping up and boxing up the gospel, the gift of God, began to be unwrapped and opened up when God would speak to Mary and God would speak to Joseph and tell them that child is of the Holy Ghost. He shall be called Emmanuel. Can I tell you that in the Old Testament, the gospel was boxed in mystery. It was boxed in mystery as Isaiah would call him wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Daniel would call him Messiah in Daniel chapter 9. The book of Micah, one of the minor prophets in the middle of the Bible, kind of at the end of the Old Testament, before the New, in the time of the minor prophets, Micah would speak about a place, a place called Bethlehem. A prophecy, a prophecy of mystery around that gift, that gift that would come into the world and God would become flesh there in Bethlehem. Zechariah the prophet would speak of him as a branch in John chapter 6 and verse 35. Jesus would call himself the bread of life. But that was not the first time that God would use the analogy of bread. When Moses would lead God's children out of the wilderness and they would be out of the Egypt into the wilderness, they would be hungry and God would send them manna. Manna. As they walked out and went, what is it? That's what they called it. What is it? Can I tell you what it was? It was a picture of Jesus Christ. It was a picture of the bread of life. It, it was wrapping that gift and boxing that gift in mystery. The bread of life. The rock. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4. Remember the rock that Moses struck. And then, and then God said, Moses, speak to the rock. By the way, if I'd have had to deal with all the Israelites for 40 years, Brother Amon, I'd have struck the rock too. I'd have struck a lot of Israelites is what I'd have done. I'd have been a miserable man. I bet Moses, man, he had to be a patient man. God calls him a meek man. He had to be, otherwise he'd have killed everybody. I mean, every day he wakes up and hears people, man, I wish we were back in Egypt eating leeks and garlics. I wonder how many times he wanted to say, just go back. I don't want you here. Like, go. Go back to Egypt. Moses struck the rock. Water came out. God said, speak to the rock. Can I tell you why God got... Now, we, we think about that. Why does it matter? What was the big deal about Moses hitting the rock again? I mean, he hit it once. Why did God get so upset over his disobedience that he would not let Moses into the promised land? Think about that. 
Can I tell you why? The book of Corinthians tells us why. Because that rock was Jesus. It was a picture of Christ. Can I tell you that he, Christ was not offered daily? He was offered once for all. He was not beaten daily. He was beaten once for you and for me. That rock was a picture wrapping the mystery of the gospel in the box of mystery in the Old Testament. That box that is opened and made bare and revealed to the world in the new. As we see the picture of that rock. You could look in the Old Testament beginning in the book of Genesis. You can read about sacrifices and about lambs. And on our card, we're giving out our invitation card. We have join us as we celebrate God's holy lamb rising again from the tomb. And we understand that phraseology and that wording. But can I tell you in the Old Testament, a lamb was just a sacrifice. But in the, in the gospel of John, in the gospel of John, John saw Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Who was John preaching to? The Hebrews, the Jews in the wilderness. Those that knew the Old Testament and saw the mystery. Those that knew the sacrifices and understood all those things from the book of Leviticus and all those things, they knew all of it. It was a mystery that wrapped around that box of the gift of God. And John pointed and said, Behold the Lamb. What was John doing? John was doing his unboxing video in the wilderness. John said, Hey, let me show you what's inside. Let, let me show you what was really inside of this. The Lamb of God. We see that picture. Number two this morning. I said that God wrapped up his gift in Old Testament mystery. Number two, Mary wrapped up God's gift in swaddling clothes. Mary wrapped up God's gift in swaddling clothes. It was the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy. It was the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Jesus. Think of this. Jesus was born God in the flesh, God with us. And the Bible says that Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. I bought an item from Amazon this last week. I ordered a, an item from Amazon. I ordered a coffee grinder, a hand grinder. And it's made in China. The brand is called Time More. How many have ever seen a Time More coffee grinder? I'm special. I'm maybe the only one here. And I ordered it. Actually, I ordered it from the U.S. because it wasn't available here in Canada. And it came, and I got it. I, I saw the box, and I'm like, man, it's the fanciest-looking box I've ever seen for a product that only costs what I paid for it. I mean, it looked like something that should have like a $3,000 item inside that box. I mean, I'm like, wow, that box cost as much as what they probably paid for. And I'm opening it up. I mean, it was, it's a high-class box. It was, it was packed like it should be the most valuable thing in all the world. 
but it wasn't. It's a wonderful tool. It's, it's a great device, but the packaging was a little bit misleading. You know, you think, oh, man, they must have messed up. They must have sent me a $3,000 hand grinder. But they didn't mess up. They just put it in fancy packaging. Can I tell you the packaging, the wrapping around our Lord, although it was nothing more than rags and swaddling clothes, did not detract from what the gift was, did not change what the gift was. Understand that we see in the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 36, 1 John chapter 5, that that babe born in Bethlehem, prophesied by Micah the prophet, who would be wrapped in nothing more than swaddling clothes. Not a fancy wrapping. Not a, wow. I remember whenever Rebecca was born, I remember going and buying a little green dress. Do you remember that dress? The very first dress, I think it was, at least the first one I ever bought her, I bought a little, just a little teeny green dress. It won't fit her anymore. <laughs> I wanted to buy something special for her, my little girl. Imagine God in heaven. As he looked down and the world said, we don't want your son as he would have to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. By the way, the same world would take the gift that Mary would wrap in swaddling clothes <coughs> and beat and mock and crucify and reject him. I said in the Old Testament, the gospel, the gift of God, would be wrapped in mystery. Mary would take that same gift and wrap the Lord Jesus Christ in swaddling clothes. By the way, when he came, he wrapped himself in flesh. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But Mary is not the only one. Number three this morning, the devil. The devil tries to wrap up God's gift or box up God's gift and ignorance and lies. In the Gospel of John in chapter 8 and verse 44, the Bible says, Ye are of your father the devil. In the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Can I tell you today, the devil does not want the gospel to be unboxed to you. The devil does not want you to see the gospel. The devil wants you to remain in darkness. Can I tell you how he does that? Number one, he blinds minds to the value of God's gift. He tries to get you to save. It's nothing. Years ago, I remember getting these cards from a realtor. The little, you know, note, little cards in the mail. How many know what I'm talking about? You get, 
And I just throw them in the trash. We didn't open them. Just toss them in the trash. Just toss them in the trash. One day, Rebecca said to me, Dad, you should open those cards. I'm like, you're, you're a dummy. You're a kid. You don't know what you're talking about. But I did. I listened to her, Brother Gerald. I opened the cards. You know what was in those cards, Brother Mark? There were like Tim Hortons gift cards. There were Starbucks gift cards. How many of you know that? I didn't know that. I, was, I don't know how many of those things I threw away. Garbage, junk mail, garbage, junk mail. Now, gift card. Okay, the rest of it's garbage. <laughs> Rebecca claims to, to deserve all of them now that I, she told me about that. But I devalued the gift. The devil wants you this morning. He wants you to devalue the gift of God. He wants you to say, hey, you know, the way I live is more valuable than what the Bible says. The way I feel is more valuable than whatever God has. What I've always believed, the way I've always perceived the world, that matters more than what God says. The devil also tries to box the gospel up and hide by blinding men and women in tradition and in religion. You see, the devil is not anti-religion. He's just anti-gospel. He, he, he's not anti-tradition. He just doesn't want you to open the box of the real gospel. Whatever you want to grab a hold of, the Bible says every man did that which was right in the Old Testament. Every man did that which is right in their own eyes. The devil doesn't necessarily want to come to a lost person and say, Hey, I want you to do some really, really wicked stuff. If Brother Mike was a lost man, the devil didn't want to come and say, hey, I want you to sacrifice some goats for me. That's what we think Satanism is. I want you to bite some head off some bats, you know, have a pentagram on the ground, have a seance, uh, you know, sacrifice, worship the devil. That's what we think the devil wants. But can I tell you, now, if, that will, if, if you'll do that and keep you away from the gospel, he's okay with that. Can I tell you what the devil wants? So he wants to come and say, hey, why don't you follow a religion? He came to Brother Mike and Brother Mike's family when he was young and said, Hey, why don't you all take some beads and pray with those beads every day? Why don't you gather with a religious ceremony and why don't you follow some religious traditions and some idols and, and icons and worship those? And the devil was very pleased in that in Brother Mike's life and his family's life. Why? Because that false religion blinded them to the real gospel. The devil's still doing that today. He's still following the same pattern. The same pattern. He builds barriers, by the way, of sin, addiction, confusion. Whatever he can put in the way of keeping you from seeing the unboxing of the gospel, from understanding what the gospel is all about, the gift of God. Number four, and I close with this thought this morning. The New Testament 
and the Holy Spirit unboxes God's gift to all who believe. To all who believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, The natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. We're not talking today about a tangible object that I can open up and say, hey, take a look inside of this. We're talking about the Spirit of God this morning wanting to open up and allow you to understand the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It is God's gift it is God's answer for your sin. It is God's way to bring man back in communion with him perfectly. That's the gospel. And it is understood by the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. Ephesians in chapter 3, the Bible tells us in verses 3 through 6, it says how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four and few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul speaks to the folks at Ephesus through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. said, hey, I know it's been a mystery to you. You want to know what it's all about. I want to reveal it by his word and his spirit. It goes on to say there, understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. We talked about that already. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. By the way, the Old Testament, the Jews didn't understand the mystery it was opened up to them, but I praise God they were not the only one that had the box of the gospel open to them. The Bible tells us here a letter written to the church at Ephesus, a city full of what we would call, and they called in the day, pagans. Those that rejected the gospel, those that were not of God's people, if you will. And God said the mystery to them was the same gospel, the same brotherhood, the same gift was available to them as available to all. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God opens up. God reveals and unboxes his gospel. We won't take time to open the scripture there, but... We could turn to the book of Luke. We could read in the book of Luke where a group of shepherds were on a hillside watching their sheep. All of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, go down to Bethlehem, and there find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes laying in a manger. And they went can I tell you what happened that night? God opened up the gospel. God unboxed the gospel to those rough shepherds in the hills of Bethlehem.
God unboxed the gospel for the wise men. Those men who would travel for two years looking for the Christ. They followed his star. And by the way, I hate to ruin your manger scene for you. Although there was a star above the stable in Bethlehem that night, it appeared that night. But can I tell you that star did not only last a night, that star would follow Christ. That star would be above a home where there was a little two, about two-year-old boy when those wise men would show up. By the way, there are three different gifts mentioned. The Bible speaks not how many men there were. I believe it was a large caravan of kings from the east. They came to give gifts to the Christ. But can I tell you that night, that day when they arrived, the gospel of who that child was was opened up for them. They understood he was unboxed for Ananias. I'm sorry, for Anna and Simeon to behold. He was unboxed for John the Baptist to be able to say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The gospel was unboxed and revealed for the disciples like Peter to follow him and believe in him. We read already a few verses from the correspondence back and forth with the woman at the well. Jesus said, if you knew who I was, if you knew what I had, and can I tell you, Jesus revealed to her and opened up the gospel, unboxed the gospel for her. So much so that she grabbed a hold of the gospel and dropped her water pots and went back to the city of Samaria and said, Come see a man who's told me all things whatsoever I've ever done. Is not this the Christ? She understood. It was revealed to her. It was revealed to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He was ashamed. He was a religious leader. He was, a, he was a teacher. He was a rabbi. He came to Jesus by night. And Jesus told him, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, Lord, I, I don't understand. I, can I enter a second time in my mother's womb? How is it possible? And Jesus opened up the gospel to him. Nicodemus was born again because he understood the gospel. The gift, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ was unboxed for Mary to see Rabboni. How many of you know who Doubting Thomas is? And we don't call him Thomas, do we? We call him Doubting Thomas. How would you like that 2,000 years later still be called Doubting Thomas? <laughs> Thomas wasn't there when Jesus showed up the first time after the resurrection. Next time, Thomas said, I don't, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to believe unless I can thrust my hand in his side. Unless I can see the holes in his hand. About that time, Jesus showed up. By the way, he didn't use the door. He just, there was Jesus. 
And Jesus stood before Thomas. He didn't call him doubting Thomas. And he said, Thomas, thrust in thy hand into my side. Thomas, feel the prints of the nails in my hand. Can I tell you what Jesus did that night? He unboxed the gospel for Thomas to see. You see, Thomas may have been at one time doubting Thomas. But that night, Thomas believed. Thomas believed because he saw who Jesus was. He saw and understood the gospel. What did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. Well, not doubting Thomas, believing Thomas. Not doubting Thomas, but receiving Thomas. Not doubting Thomas, but Thomas who looked inside the box of who God was, of what the gospel was, and he received it. You know, maybe today you're a little bit like Thomas was. Maybe right now, this very moment, you're a bit skeptical. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm a bit of an agnostic. Maybe I'm a hopeful agnostic, but I, I'm a, I've got some doubt. You know, I, I don't know what I really believe. And I'll tell you this morning, I believe that the Word of God makes plain and opens up who Jesus is and what He did for you. God did not force Thomas to believe Him. And he will not force you this morning. God simply says, whosoever. He opens the box of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The Bible goes on to say, but whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever believeth this morning, as we think about the gospel, would you believe? I used the illustration of Brother Mike and his family a while ago. I praise God. I know Brother Mike's testimony. I know that as a college student, Brother Mike saw the gospel and believed. I know the testimony of many of, many of you in this room who have shared with me how you came face to face with the gospel. Many of you came face to face with the gospel while you were in religion and tradition of men. Many of you came face to face with the gospel when you were living as far as you could away from anything that even sounded like it might line up with that book. And by the way, there may be some of you here this morning, but you've looked in the box. You've, you've understood what the gospel was. And maybe several times you've said, no, not for me. I love the fact the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If he who is the Lamb of God is knocking on your heart this morning, 
He's revealed himself to you. He's calling you. Would you answer that door this morning? Would you receive the gospel this morning? Christian, would you praise God for that wonderful, unspeakable, matchless, wonderful, phenomenal, glorious gift that God gave to you, the gift of the gospel. So let's pray together this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would use your word. Lord, I pray that we would see open and made plain unbox completely the gospel Lord we know plainly from scripture that man was born a sinner Lord not only were we born sinners but we chose sin Lord you tell us that the wages of sin is death eternal death Lord, the Bible speaks of a place called a hell. Lord, not a place that you want to punish man in, but a place prepared for the devil and his angels. But Lord, a place that I deserve if I reject you. But Lord, I thank you for the blessed, glorious gift of the gospel. Lord, all the way back in the book of Genesis, you started to reveal in mystery, little by little, your glorious, wonderful plan. You started to fully unwrap it in the Gospels. As John said, Behold the Lamb of God. And Lord, now it is proclaimed to all the world. Lord, as we lift it up this morning, the Gospel unboxed, opened, the love of God, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that paid the debt for all men who would come believing and receiving. Lord, I pray if there's one here this morning, maybe for the very first time in their life, they've been confronted with what the gospel is all about. Maybe, Lord, they've looked in that box many times and yet rejected. Lord, whatever the case, I pray that there will be some here today that maybe for the very first time would receive and believe the gospel. Lord, I pray for Christians here that we would be thankful, that we would worship you and praise you and thank you for what you've done, for what we have in Christ. Lord, would you work in our hearts during this time of invitation. Lord, I pray that decisions will be made this morning during this time. May your will be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Brother Royce, would you lead us in a song of invitation? The altar is open this morning. If you need to trust him, you come today. Somebody share with you how to receive the gospel. Would you stand with us this morning? Let's stand together and sing uh, 294, Just As I Am. Hymn number 294. Just as I am.
before we pray this morning. I would hate to think that there would be any who would see the glorious gospel who would reject it. I think so often there are many who would say, Pastor, I, if that's true, if God really loves me, if Jesus really did die for me, if I really can simply believe, I'd like to do that. But that decision is never made. In the Bible, we see a phrase from one who heard the testimony of Paul. And he said, almost, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Don't just be almost persuaded. Don't miss the glory of forgiveness and the glory of heaven. But almost. Before you leave today, get it settled. By the way, Christian Frank, can I tell you that you and I can take the message of the gospel and we can proclaim it all around this world. It's been unboxed for all. It's available for all. We can tell everybody about Jesus Christ. How wonderful, how precious, how glorious the gospel is. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. Lord, for the opportunity to think about, to focus on the gospel today. Lord, we could have talked about many aspects of it. Lord, I believe for all of eternity we'll worship you and praise you for all of it. Lord, I love the fact that it's available. I love the fact it's free. I love the fact that you paid all the price. And Lord, I love the fact it's for me. Lord, I pray you'd work. Lord, if there's one here today that would say almost, Lord, I pray before they leave it would go beyond almost. Lord, I pray that every believer here would be so convinced of the wonderfulness of the gift of the gospel that we would want to share it with all the world. Lord, would you bless us now? Lord, I pray you be with us now in this time of baptism. Lord, I thank you for these uh, young men, a Lord, who want to honor you and testify of what you've done for them and how you saved them. Lord, I pray that you would help them, uh, Lord, as they testify. Lord, help them as they make a public decision for you. Lord, help us as a church. Lord, to encourage, lift up, help these young men, Lord, as they seek to follow you in their lives. Lord, may you do so. May you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And. Uh,